Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. If you haven't yet, please head over to The Big Cartel, pick up a copy of Payback's discography on CD, something that I've been looking forward to for a really long time. So support Payback, the one scene. And if you haven't yet, please boot up your social media, Instagram, Twitter, and go hit that follow button so you can stay up to date on all the latest news coming from From Within Records. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. Streets of Hate, the infamous Streets of Hate, Pain of Truth, Age of Apocalypse Split is finally out. And I'm so happy that everybody has gotten a chance to check it out. Seeing the support on Twitter and Instagram has been awesome. The red vinyl sold out. There are still copies of the green vinyl if you're still interested. And there's also posters. They're eight by twelve, and or excuse me, twelve by eighteen. Excuse me. Uh, very sick posters. I love to excuse me. Love the designs. It was art done by Brandon Juzba, and I hope I'm pronouncing that pronouncing that correctly. Uh, super sick. I love Streets of Hate. That split is so awesome. I've listened to it so many times, and I'm happy that it's finally out on all streaming services. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, hit pause. Go boot up your Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, and go check it out. Pain of Truth, Age of Apocalypse, two awesome bands coming out of New York doing really awesome stuff. So please go support them, support Streets of Hate, and I'm just very stoked that it's out there and everybody gets to enjoy it. So go follow Streets of Hate, Instagram, Twitter, and just show them a lot of love. Nicole, Alex, always working hard, so a shout out to them. On today's episode, we managed to track down Ned Russin from Glitterer such an awesome band. They just put out a record back at the end of February titled Life is Not a Lesson. If you haven't had a chance yet, I highly suggest you hit pause right here. Go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, and go stream Life is Not a Lesson. Listen to that record front to back. It's it's awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan, and it was a pleasure for me to be able to sit down with Ned and finally just be able to pick his brain and talk about Glitterer. He was gracious with his time and Uh, not afraid to talk about anything so i hope you guys enjoy this one because this was seriously a special one for me so strap in and open your mind and without further ado welcome ned russin to the show Welcome to the podcast, Ned. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm stoked to have you here. I, I know a lot of people have been wondering if I would ever have you on, and uh, I figured I would reach out at some point, and I'm glad I did. And I think this is a, a really awesome time for you. You, you just put out the latest uh, Glitter record. Yeah, yeah, that came out um, the end of February. Yeah, so it's uh, it took a while to come out, but yeah, now it's it's uh, you know it's out in the world and I'm still just kind of sitting around. So yeah, for sure. And I, I want to build up to that. So uh, for me, a glitterer started back in 2017 with the first release, but I'm curious um, when did it start for you? When did you get the first like idea that you wanted to start something new? Um, I don't know. I, I was messing around like the, the start of the band was 
based around messing around with some some new instruments that I had specifically this like little MIDI keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that probably in 2015 or something um, and kind of was like messing around with it and found out that I'm not very good with uh, technology, like with, with recording stuff other than just kind of like plugging things in and playing directly and, and just recording stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, uh, that, that was like kind of a bummer when I figured that out, like right when I bought the thing, cause I watched a video on YouTube of some guy playing like drums and a melody and like a bass line all together at once. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so easy. And then I got it myself and I couldn't do anything. And it was so hard. And I could like barely figure out how to like change the voices on it. And then I put it away. And then in like just in 2017, I picked it back up and kind of like decided to dumb it down. Cause originally my idea was to do something like pretty involved. Um, and then when I decided to just do like, just the most bare bones, essential, like simple kind of songwriting, it, it seemed to work for that. Um, and so I, I started writing songs for Glitter in the summer of 2017. Um, finished it like pretty, uh, like not very long before I released it. And then uh, I basically released it because I agreed to play a show. Um, before the record was done, I got hit up by Fiddlehead to play with them um, at the Brooklyn Bazaar. Uh, and so I basically just like, okay, committed to, to doing the thing for real at that. I mean, not for real, but real enough at that point mm-hmm. that I was going to release the songs that I'd written and I was going to play. Um, that was kind of like the, the, the thing that made me fully commit to doing it. And I'm just curious, uh, since you first got the um, MIDI back in 2015, have you uh, upped your skills? Have you gone back and tried to learn how to um, do it better? Um, I don't know if I've upped my skills at all. I, I've like accepted, uh, I don't know, my like inadequate skills and try to learn from that. Um, I've gotten some new equipment since then Mm -hmm. and I've gotten some new keyboards and some new synths and stuff, but really like all I've figured out is that I just want something that I can play like melodies and chords with. And I don't really want like a super involved synthesizer that I'm controlling every little like knobby, you know, like that's cool. And I, I really envy people who can do that, but my brain doesn't really work like that. Like I'm, I'm too used to something just being like hit a note, make a sound and then figure out how to make that. Like, you know, whatever, like mess with like the three EQ knobs. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like all I've known my whole life. So it's like to get way more involved in something was really, I don't know, terrifying. Um, And then when I kind of looked at it in, in the same way as like approaching it with just keeping it simple, adjusting like the, the tone and the EQ and, and whatever, like, that made a lot more sense to me. And so I, I definitely didn't get any better at using like recording software. In fact, I like dumbed it down even further. I started off using Ableton and then I went to GarageBand. Oh, wow. Which is like, a, I think you could say it's like, a, you know, it's a way worse software, um, you know, but like it just makes so much more sense to me. Um, and I was already familiar with it. And so like making those kind of conceits was like, it was good because it, it, it took a lot of pressure off from like being, I don't know, something grand. It was just like, this is just me writing songs by myself. And like, I can manage that. It made it feel like it, it was possible. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally get that. When I first started doing this podcast, I 
didn't really uh, have any real direction. I just kind of did some Google searches and uh, I came down to the choice. I was either going to use um, Adobe Audition or Audacity. And I went with um, Adobe Audition because I felt like I would be more comfortable with that since I used to use Photoshop and the interface looked familiar. And just the process of trying to learn that, it, it was a struggle. And I'm, I'm not even like that good at it. I, I just, I, I feel like I barely get by, which uh, sounds weird. Uh, because I've been doing this for what, like, I think like three years now. And mm-hmm. I tried to um, like study like how to uh, you know mix and master like super pro, but I was like, I don't have the time and I don't think I'm uh, able to do that right now. So I, I just, uh, you know, use a couple of programs to kind of help with like presets that just kind of um, run it through like the software and it'll like mix and master it for me like automatically based off um, these like presets from this one guy. So uh, I, I, I totally get that. And I, I, yeah. I, I, I always tell myself like, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to try to, uh, learn my craft better but it's just like i just never do i i just i'm so busy i'm just like, I, I don't have the time for that so i'm it, just like it's it's a lot no like, for sure when i when i hear people who really know their stuff talk about recording mm-hmm. like i watched um I, f- I forget the name of the channel right now there was um it was a guitar pedal company it was earthquaker devices they had like a series on youtube where they they uh just like interviewed people about their gear um and they had one with steve albini in his studio and the way he talked about engineering and sound and like the science of it, it was just like amazing. He just like has such a vast knowledge of it. And I've like recorded records that are, you know, exist physically. Like they, they were, uh, uh, you know, done to the point where they were pressed. And to me, that's like about as legit as you can be. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what he's talking about, you know? And it's like, Oh, maybe I should kind of like take this a little bit more seriously. Maybe I should like figure out, uh, you know, the best placement for a microphone or, or what they like, I don't know, anything actually means. But when I like sit down and try and fiddle with it, I just get bored. Cause to me, I don't know. The main thing is about like creating and capturing the music, not so much about like the science of the sound waves. Like that's important, I guess, because it makes everything possible, but you don't need to know it. You don't need to be an expert on it. Um, as long as like you're proficient at what you want to do, I think that's like more important to, to get you like whatever your message is across. Yeah. I, I try my best. And I'm always curious because obviously like I hear um, and I try to put it out um, the way that I think it sounds best, but I'm, I'm really curious how like other people hear it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like anything I, I think, especially to like anything that you are involved in, at least this is how I feel. Anything that I'm un- involved in, I feel like sounds not like a real recording to me okay you know like when i listen to a recording from any other band i can listen to it objectively and i can hear like you know i don't know try and think about like the 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 general i don't know sonic aesthetic of it when i listen to something that i'm involved in it sounds like i don't know it doesn't, it just doesn't sound like real to me in a certain way. Like I can't listen to it objectively. I can't say like, these are good tones. It's like, man, it's like crazy that this exists. I don't know. It's like a weird, like thing, like a hurdle that I can't get over in like listening. Um, Just in terms of like the sounds, in terms of like the EQ, in terms of like the tones and stuff. It's like, it's really hard for me to be like objective about that because I don't know as much as I care about that stuff, when I think about it, I don't like, um, I don't know. It doesn't like ever really stop me from doing things. I've never like 
worked on a tone super hard and like not gotten to do a song because of that or something, you know, like something like that. Like I'd rather just record a song and put it out than like just sit there and like tinker with the whatever, like, you know, the treble knob for five hours. Like that just bores me to death that like, I can't get over that. Um, so yeah, it's weird. Like I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's I, just I, something like, I just put it out. Yeah. I feel like I, I've been in that situation where I'm like trying to, uh, you know, edit a podcast and make it sound the best and I'll be there for a certain amount of time. And whenever I get finished, I'm like, wow, this sounds worse than when I actually did it the first time. And I'm just like, I, I just get so flustered. So I, I would yeah. just, just try to you know, just have that one process. And if somehow along the way I find a better way to do it, cool. But if not, I'm just going to stick to this. It sounds fine. Like put it out there and just keep on moving. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's like, I, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I, I'm curious, going back to uh, you um, getting asked to play that Fiddlehead show, uh, the what was the thought process behind agreeing to do it when the record wasn't even out? And you mentioned like you weren't really taking this like um, super serious. Yeah, I mean, so it, it was serious enough that I was like telling my friends that I was writing new songs, mm-hmm. you know. And so my friend Casey from Fiddlehead, who plays bass in the band, he reached out to me, and, and they were just working on a weekend of shows. It was like Philly, New York, Boston, or something like that. And uh, like, hey, we're playing New York on this date in August would you like to play with us? It's like, well, I haven't even thought about playing it. Like the songs aren't even fully done, but yeah, you know, like that'll be like, that, that'll be something good and encouraging to like actually get me to finish and put this out. Um, and so, I don't know, it, it wasn't like, I didn't put that much thought into it. It was just like, I enjoy playing music. I want to play something new. I'm working on these songs. Okay. Then like, this will be the beginning of the band, you know, it was just like, this seems like a good way to start it off, you know? Um, and so it was pretty much done at that point. Like, I, I think I maybe had to finish up like one song or something before um, the record, you know, whatever the EP, whatever you want to call it, was finished. And so I just kind of like got it done, uh, got it mastered, got some artwork, and then like just put it up on Bandcamp. And that was really it. Um, and that was just to like have something um, real before I played a show, which now looking back on it, I don't know if I would have done it the same way. I like testing things out. Um, I like uh, like playing songs live and feeling them out before committing them to tape. Um, but it, it just felt like it was something that like was important to do. I was like, this, this will like make me finish what I'm working on and put it out. Um, and so, yeah, I just use that to like put the songs up online and to like, to, I don't know, allow people to hear them to, to like make the band real. If you didn't get asked to play that show, do you think you would have sat on the songs a, a little longer or would you have been like a little more apprehensive to put it out there? I don't know. It's hard to say. That's like a difficult hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like I'm not a tinker, you know, I'm like I, I wanted it to be good, but at the same time, it's like, um, I, I just didn't want to like wait forever. I don't know. I, 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 and looking back, like the songs aren't the best songs that, you know, I, I think every time I've sat down to write a batch of songs, I've like figured out glitter more and more mm-hmm. and what I wanted to sound like and what I wanted to be. But that being said, like those songs needed to exist. 
so I'm totally happy that they're out there. I don't like regret it at all. Um, you know, like I, I released them uh, on a 12 inch with the second EP after the fact, you know, like I, I don't try and hide it, but it's just like, these, these are the first songs from band. And of course they're going to be like kind of loose and scrappy and um, a little bit all over the place. But that's because like, that's where I was uh, kind of like in a songwriting space, you know, like I wasn't exactly sure what it was going to be or how it should be or, or anything. So um, it was like important for me just to get it done to like start, I don't know, working towards a kind of uh, unknowable goal. You know, like I, I don't want to like, I, I don't think of it. I don't plan it out. You know, I, I just like want to keep moving. And so it was important, like in order to keep moving, you need to like, I don't know, start somewhere. So it was important for me to just put it out there and and, and start. Yeah, I, I think it's cool that you did put it out because I, I don't think every band can start off like super hot or, you know, straight bangers from the start. So to um, look at that record and then to see your progression and you figure out your sound along the way, I, I think that's fun you know, as a fan, as a listener of the band to you know, kind of go on that journey along with you to see what you do next. So I, I appreciate it. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it wasn't a demo, but it's a demo, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, like coming from hardcore, the demo is super important. True. You know, it's like the, the kind of change that can happen in a band between a demo and their first seven inch or first, whatever, like EP or LP or anything like, it's it's insane how much can happen in that point you know like just uh i mean i could talk about like whatever historical examples but like i just like off the top of my head the first thing i think of is like trapped under ice because that's a band that i saw like you know that happened to in real life in my you know like in my show going history it's like band came out with a demo within a couple months it was like the most important thing in hardcore and then their seven inch was like insane mm-hmm. you know and that was just like five people i never met before from baltimore doing something completely new and like crazy and then like following up on that in like the best possible way um i'm not saying i'm trapped under ice but i'm saying like this is just something that can happen and i think that's like i don't know something that's always been I don't know, exciting about something like hardcore because it's like, it's just so like ordinary in that way. It's like something that just kind of like comes out of nowhere can become good and cool really fast. Um, That being said, the opposite is also true. You know, things can be bad and that's like, that's also totally fine. It's like, I, I don't know. I think it's also important to just like, I don't know, to try things to just like, put something out there for not for like hopes of like success and celebrity. It's just like, I don't know. I like music. So I enjoy writing music and I'm going to like try things. And if like, I don't know. Yeah. There are going to be like songs I shelve and there are going to be ideas that I don't like move forward with, but at the same time, like I, I just like don't really care, you know, like I, I'm just doing this because like I enjoy doing this and I don't know. That's kind of like, an important thing about glitter to me is like, this is just, I don't know, this is a band like anything else. And I'm just like trying to play music because that's what I enjoy to do. And the first release, it was, uh, you know, 
titled Glitter, named after the band. And I, I always find that to kind of be like a, a, a big statement because you're, you're putting a, a record out there titled um, after the, the band name. I, I think that's pretty important. Um, did that matter to you at all for the first release or is that just, you know, something that was not even like a, a real thought? I mean, the, to me, like the record just didn't have a title, you know? Okay. And I guess like it, it is like self-titled, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like, I just couldn't come up with anything, you know? I was like, yeah, it's just, that was on the cover and I was like, okay, it'll just be self-titled. Um, it's yeah. The, I think like the self-title is like, it's such an interesting thing and it's, it's usually like super important. Um, but it wasn't supposed to be like, uh, like the definition of the band or something, or like, you know, the explanation of everything that I'm about or the band's about or something. It's just like, this is just, uh, a, you know, a batch of songs and here they are. Um, you know, that's like how I felt about it. And I feel like, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it was also kind of something that I guess, like I, I kind of fooled around with, uh, with the next record because then that was like not glitter, you know? And that was like kind of becoming more like understanding the, the, like the gravity of, of the title and then kind of, I don't know, messing around with that. Um, you know, and, and like, being aware of all that at the same time, but also like, this is something that I was recording by myself at my house with like so low stakes that like, I was like, I don't know. It, it, this was more like more or less me messing around, you know? Um, and it's, uh, I was just playing shows locally and just doing whatever. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just like, I don't know. It, it just felt like, playing in a band like for the first time again, it was kind of nice. It was like no real, uh, I don't know, nothing to do. It was just cool. Like, I'm just going to write music and play shows when I get asked to. And that's like all it was. Okay. So maybe in the future we can get Glitterer, the self-titled. Perhaps. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Yeah. I see. And I, I always feel like I always just like overanalyze that stuff. So I have to ask those kinds of questions because I'm, I, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who's curious about that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm glad you're able to break that down. Yeah, I mean, I'm like an analytical person, but also sometimes I like, I analyze after the fact, you know, and some decisions like are not, some decisions that are big decisions don't get that much thought put into them, you know, um, it's just, I don't know, it, it, it just didn't seem that serious to me at the time, you know, it, it's like anything, I don't know, you, uh, there, there's like, there is meaning in like, uh, I don't want to say a concept, but there's like, there's an, there, there's intention behind things, but it's like the intention doesn't really matter. You know, that's like my belief. It's like, I, I don't, I don't really put too much stock into talking about intention because it's like, I don't know. That in itself is such a hypothetical, like it doesn't really matter. Um, it, it's so, yeah, it's like the record is self-titled, but, and like these things are important, but in the moment, it's like, I don't know, I couldn't come up with anything better. And that's like really not that interesting of a story. Yeah. But also when it comes to like music or art, I feel like you, you could have like um, like a concept or some sort of, um, you know, intention or meaning behind it. But I feel like once it's out there for the public to consume, it all just becomes subjective because I not everybody's going to take it the same way. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's like, I don't know. 
we're getting into like heavy theoretical territory for me, which I like, but it's like, it makes my brain hurt sometimes, you know, like, yeah, I think like listener reader response is super important Mm -hmm. because like you should be to a certain extent, like putting yourself into the thing that you're not even that you should be, you are going to regardless if you should or not, you know, you are going to relate the thing that you're consuming back to yourself because that's just like how you understand something. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like that, that's just how you make sense of it. You can relate it to your own experience. You can relate it to your own um, understanding of the world, your own emotions. And then that gives it deeper meaning to you. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like that might not be what the creator intended. For sure. um, like you may be, you know, like I've written songs that were not about breakups that people say like, this helped me through my breakup. Thank you for writing this breakup song. It's like, well, that song was about going to the dentist, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. If that's what you need that song to be, that's that song for you, you know? And um, yeah, like I'm, I'm never going to say that's like not the right interpretation unless it's like something, I don't know, hurtful or bad. And, but I've like, I've been fortunate to never have that experience, but you know, it's uh yeah, that's like a tricky road because I care about the things that I write, but at the same time, I understand that it's equally, if not more important for the the things that the listener has in mind. hundred percent. I had this band on the podcast uh, last month, uh, this band uh, called family dinner out of uh, New York. And they had this, uh, this single out called eyes. And uh, I took it as like a, like kind of like a love song, you know, uh, based off the lyrics to trying to analyze it. And then when I eventually got a, a chance to talk to some of the members of the band, they told me that, oh, that, that song is about like their cats. And I, I just found that like so funny. So I was like, okay, I, I totally interpreted that wrong. But, you know, but like you said, like, you know, um, you were talking about going to the dentist and that person took it as like a breakup song, but you know, that's totally fine if that's what they needed it for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just found out Martha, my dear by the Beatles is about uh, Paul McCartney's dog. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's like, that's such a beautiful song. And it's like, you read the lyrics and like, they're so heartfelt, but it's like, oh yeah, okay. I can see how this is about a dog. Like, yeah. and it's kind of like that got you thing where I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to have any got you moments in the things I create, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. You can have like uh, deep emotions about like very simple, stupid things. Um, and I think you kind of have to, to a certain extent because life is too full of stupid, like insignificant things for us not to. And if you didn't have those kind of like emotions and attachments, then I think a lot of life would be like insufferable, you know? So it's just like a normal human thing that we're going to put super big emotions on super small, like ordinary, whatever moments. Um, And I think that's like really healthy. And if you can like extend that outwards, then you're going to have like emotional reactions to things and that couldn't, I don't know, that can help you attach to things in a way that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, I think that's like an empathetic form of listening and consuming that I think is, I don't know, I don't want to say important because it's not like necessary, but I, I, I don't know, I, I appreciate that style of consumption. Yeah, I, I feel like I've been uh, going through it because I've been watching like a lot of like uh, Korean dramas on Netflix because they like uh, they're like really um, tapping into that market. So they have like yeah. these like original series, and I just like I don't know why, but I feel like just those things or th- those shows hit me different because like, I, I could watch any like rom com 
whatever um and be fine but it's just like when i'm watching these shows i'm like damn like why do i feel so emotional right now and just like over like the stupidest things like seeing like you know two of like the main characters like finally like hug and i'm just like wow like why does that mean so much when like you know the the, the stuff that I normally like consume like on like twitter instagram you know it's like way crazier but it's like when i watch something like that i don't know why it just like feels so different yeah it's just like i don't know the, those kind of connections i don't I, again i just think they're like important and it's i don't know some of the things that i feel the most connected to are are things that uh are hard to explain because they seem so silly you yeah. know um but i don't know it's something like deep inside like our subconscious that it, like it just attract like we're, we're just attracted to certain things and those things are just i don't know they're what we enjoy and like that's cool it's cool to just like pursue that yeah i i always feel like i have to like mentally prepare when i log into netflix i'm like all right am i gonna sit, sit down for the next hour and watch this uh watch the next episode of this series and hopefully make it out okay um, yeah but it's like uh, it, it's fine like i i like you know thoroughly enjoy it but it, it's just funny that i always had to like think about it and i always had to like train myself not to watch it like late at night because i'll find myself not being able to sleep because so i'll just be laying there thinking about like what i just watched and like uh, yeah it's, it's just weird so it, it, it's cool to be able to like you know feel that kind of stuff but uh it's, it's just uh, interesting to me that it's like only when i watch these types of shows <laughs> yeah but uh, going back to the music so you, you mentioned uh, not glitterer uh was it uh, those songs did you already have those um, already written or like how long was that process um from the first record uh no no that i mean the first batch of songs that i wrote those first eight songs were just like that was all i had um i had a couple other songs that i had written um i guess before like glitter is a band that kind of fit with glitter and i was playing those live for a little bit mm-hmm. but um the next whatever five songs i just whenever like i i felt like i had like enough and that was um i don't know i guess around like february or something i just went into like a my practice space and recorded them and that became not glitter and then and kind of another thing of like not really like thinking too much about it it's like this feels like a complete thought and i guess like this will be the next release you know um I, I kind of wanted to have like a physical thing. Um, so I did a flexi uh, the first time around and just kind of, you know, had it be low key. Uh, I like the idea of a flexi because it's supposed to be impermanent. And it, it kind of felt like it took a little bit of pressure off of it because it's like, I don't know, to create something physically beyond just like the idea that it takes up natural resources and like, creates pollution it's something that's like okay this is going to be a physical item that exists and will either like i don't know be in a person's record collection for a while or like end up in a landfill and like that's that just is a lot of pressure i feel like um to have something that will just like take up space on the earth for the rest of time and so doing a flexi was like i don't know a nice cop out because it's like if you play this enough it's just gonna break and so if the songs are good enough and people want to, they can wear it out and then it won't exist anymore. And that like made me feel better about it. Um, and so I did that and then I just like, you know, put up the flexi, put up the songs on Bandcamp again, put them on whatever the internet and the ways that people put the songs up. And then uh, just like kept playing shows. Um, 
at that point I was like trying to play more. I was trying to play more out of New York. I, I like had a pretty steady string of shows in New York, which was cool. Um, I was basically saying yes to any show that I got asked to play as long as it was all ages, I'd play it. Um, and so I was playing like a bunch of weird shows, just meeting like new people doing weird things. It was cool. And then I started like when the, the flexi came out, I started to like travel a little bit, go to Boston, went to Richmond, DC, Philly, played a Wilkes-Barre show, you know, just like trying to, to just play shows like how any band does. Um, and that was like, I don't know. That felt like, the, I don't know, starting to like, it, it was the start of like the realization of the band, you know, like going back to like every time I wrote a batch of songs, like it felt like I understood the band a little bit more and it felt like, okay, this is like, th this is better than the last batch. I feel like I'm improving. I feel like I understand what I'm trying to do. I feel like I understand what I'm trying to like sound like and say and all these things and how I want it to come off. And so then it's like, okay, so now it's a little bit more real. That's like, play shows, um, you know, and like try and like book little tours and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it was just like a natural progression that like every kind of band goes through. I feel like. So there's something to unpack there. Uh, going back to the, the flexi, I, I've never, like, as long as I've done this podcast, I've never heard anybody speak about um, like the, like the record ending up in a landfill or like the kind of, um, you know, uh, footprint you're going to leave like on earth. So I, I'm, I'm really curious, like that stuff really matters to you. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not like, I don't know. I live in an apartment. I like have things. I'm not like uh completely off the grid or anything, but like, yeah, I think about, I don't know, environmental issues. That's like a, something that's important to me for sure. Okay. I, I, and I, I think that's awesome because uh, people like, tend to think like, you know, earth is infinite and like these resources are always going to be here. But like when you take a look at things like, you know, pretty bad shape, there's this show on Netflix uh, hosted by Zac Efron. And it's, hold on, I have to look this up because I, I'm, if you haven't seen it, um, I, I feel like it's like one of the, like the coolest shows on Netflix. And it's a, a, about like um, him traveling around the world and just showing like these different countries and cities on how they use like renewable or excuse me, renewable um, like sources of energy and uh, mm -hmm. just kind of showing how, uh, like our country, I'm um, here in America uh, could do things a little better. And it was really interesting. It definitely opened up my eyes and made me want to go and experience some of that stuff. Um, oh, this is going to kill me that, that I can't. Okay. It's called down to earth with Zach Efron on Netflix. If you get a chance, um, I haven't heard it. yeah, it, it, it's seriously such a cool show just to see. Cause like, obviously um, travel shows are awesome, but just to see him uh, do it and just try to promote like some positive stuff. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I think that stuff's important. It's, it's like nice that it's like a normal mainstream conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I got uh, uh, a catalog from discord records recently. That was just something they like sent out to distributors um, so that in like record stores so that they could order copies of their, their stuff. Um, and in the back of the catalog, there's a note about how it's printed on recycled paper mm -hmm. and how everyone should strive to print on recycled paper. Um, in the catalogs from like 97 or 98 or something. And it's like that, that's a conversation that's been going on for so long. Um, and obviously like it's, I feel somewhat shameful in being late to it, mm -hmm. but um, it's, it's nice that it's just like a normal conversation to have now. Like it's, it's uh, I don't know. 
this will get like really big, really fast when we talk about it, but it's, it's cool because, you know, there are like corporations that are trying to act like they care about climate change and the earth and that like drives attention. And I think there are like small steps being taken. There needs to be like insane drastic measures to ensure that like the earth will exist in however many years. Um, But yeah, it's like, I'm a human being that exists in a society that can't really escape the use of fossil fuels, the, you know, the destruction of any sort of ecosystems, any of that kind of stuff. Um, And so like, I just try to do my part, Um, which is kind of bullshit because again, like it should be huge institutional change. It shouldn't be like given to the consumer as like, Oh, if you recycle the world will be saved. But I don't know, we're not really talking about that. We're, you know, this is a, about music, but yeah, it's a, you know, whatever. I buy like recycled mailers for the merch I send out. Um, I try and just like do the things that I can, however small they are. And it's, it's, I don't know. I just try and do it like low key. So if people see it, they can hopefully appreciate it. And I don't know. And, and just maybe reconsider if they're shipping out stuff to also use like a a recycled container or something like just stupid stuff like that. It's, it's like small and insignificant little things, but it's, uh, it's this like an important attention to detail. Hundred percent. No, I, I, uh, you know, you you think about you know um uh, your part, but uh, I feel like if everybody just kind of took and did their little part, we could see some change. But I, I feel like, uh, you know, global warming used to be looked at as like you know like a joke, but now uh, it's being taken a lot more serious because uh, we're seeing some real change like around um, the earth. So I'm I'm hoping with like you know new generation, new people like these next generation, and even with us, just continue to just try to do our part, and hopefully we'll see some real change before we destroy Earth or you know we get to the point where we have to leave. We, we have to follow Elon Musk and go to Mars or something crazy like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Ideally, we'll I don't know. I'll be gone or. <laughs> we'll fix it you know yeah uh humanity will figure it out but also uh along with i'm not glitter i'm curious about your your writing process do you try to write out the lyrics first or do you like to do the instruments first uh yeah no i almost always try and leave lyrics for last um just because i try to write the lyrics to the song um my usual process is kind of having a note on my phone that's always running with just like small little lyrical ideas that can be anything from a specific word to a full line. And then when I write a batch of songs and I feel like um, an idea kind of works with that mood or something, then I'll kind of like go back and then I'll, I'll try and fully realize that entire idea um, as quickly as I can to the song. Uh, Like I've written in the past where I've, written lyrics to vocal melodies and that's so difficult for me because i have a very i don't know um i have a very like non-malleable musical mind in that when i hear like a musical idea i really can't unhear it Mm -hmm. and i can't like think differently so i have to fit the lyrics exactly to that melody and then that's so much more difficult for me than if I were just writing the lyrics and the melody 
to the music in tandem because like that flow is a little bit more naturally for me. Um, and it, it, I don't know, it feels like it takes off some of the pressure. And so, yeah. So with not glitter, I just had like, I kind of finished each song one by one, um, would write the music, finish up the lyrics, record it really quick, kind of listen back, um, make sure like it kind of worked. And then at that point, since I was playing shows, I was like able to go and play the songs live and feel them out, which is super important. Um, and, and then after like everything was kind of, I don't know, in place and it felt good. Then I, you know, it's the same process as, as the first record, just got artwork done, got it mastered and put it online. And that was like, you know, that was it. It was like an easy going, like didn't really have to think about a process cause I was the only person doing anything. And it was just like a continuation of, I don't know, just simple, I don't know, playing shows, releasing music, not really putting any pressure on it. And with the first few records, uh, has there ever been a song that you played live and weren't really feeling it and just had to cut that from the set list? Or are you happy with all the songs that are on those records? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with all the songs on the records. Some of the songs on the first record, I guess I haven't played. I mean, I've been doing this for like, four years now in the last year I haven't played a show. So I don't know if that even counts, but by the, like the, like the last tour I was doing, I wasn't playing everything off the first record. Um, like I was at the beginning. And that's also because I was writing new stuff and I was like excited to try that out. Um, I, I don't know, maybe I'll play those songs again at a certain point, but it's also like, it's more exciting for me to play new songs and it is to play old songs. And that's how I always feel. So it's like, yeah, I'm not like upset about any of those songs, but it's just when there's something new to play, it's just always more like fun and interesting to me to do that. Okay. And for the artwork, you uh, work with um, Andrew and I hope I'm pronouncing the last name correct. Uh, Pedin. He's uh, worked on, uh, you know, basically all, all the records for, you know, yeah. uh, I'm curious uh, how you guys linked up and what's your relationship. Yeah, I, I've known Andrew for a long time. Um, he played in Demolition. Uh, he sings in Millspec. Um, what are the bands was he in? I don't know. He's just like a guy I've known for a long time. I met him just going to shows, just playing. Um, he's from Canada. And uh, yeah, I just met him through mutual friends, I guess. And he... Um, he does like a lot of the artwork for Millspec and he's, he's just like a talented artist and, and uh, graphic designer, I guess. And when I was do, starting to do glitter stuff, he was a person that I, I just like am friends with. And I talk to regularly whose stuff I really like, and he's easy to work with. And we have like a, a mutual admiration for similar things. And it was just like an easy thing. Like, Hey, I'm, I have these new songs. Here's some like, some visual stuff that I'm into, would you be into doing like a cover? And he was just like, yeah, let's do it. And that was it. And it was just like easy. And I, I just like the stuff he does. So I just have kept going back to him. And that's like, you know, it's just simple. It's like anything. Um, just a, like a friend of mine that I've known for, I don't know, like a decade through music who does stuff that I like and I work with him. It, you know, it's, it's uh, I feel like a, an age old story, you know? 
I, I think it's awesome when you like go and look at the credits and um, you see the same names, you know, from the very beginning to to, to now. So and it, it, it's cool to you know branch out and work with other people. That's fine. But but I always think it's, there's just something special like when it's just like you see the same people working together, putting out you know awesome stuff. So when I see that name repeated on every record, I'm like, okay, that that's cool. I feel like that's something special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I guess I've worked with with Andrew and Arthur on every release now. Um, yeah, it, it's just like these people are my friends who do stuff that I like. So I'm happy to work with them because I get to hang out with them and talk to them about stuff. I get to involve them in something that, you know, I can give them money for, which is cool. And that I can like, you know, have them involved in my stuff, which is, I don't know, I, I find just to be really, I don't know kind of like affirming in a way um and it's just i don't know it's just like a cool way to put on for your friends um you know and it's just again like they just do stuff that i like and so i'm, I'm happy to work with them yeah and i know and respect it's cool to be able to uh, link up and work with your friends people who you know are, are close to you and uh, be easier to kind of get them to see the vision if, if that makes sense yeah yeah like yeah, that's, that's totally true because like we share like a very similar vocabulary and a very similar sense of, I don't know. I, I guess speaking for Andrew and Arthur here, like we share like a similar aesthetic, even though we don't mm-hmm. have like the same interests across the board. And I think like that's another thing is that like makes it cool is working with those people is, I don't know, they're pulling in from places that I don't know about that I think are cool. And it's like, it expands the world a little bit, um, in a good way, you know, Yeah. it, uh, it brings in influences that I don't have that are like, make the record cover cool. And that make the, I don't know, the mix is good and the mastering good because it's like, these people have their own cool tastes and I'm tapping into that and it makes it like, you know, hopefully it gives me like a little bit, I don't know, like the, their coolness rubs off a little bit on it. For sure. No. Yeah. I feel like you probably have gone that rub, you know, working together and just being around those guys for every release. So I definitely wouldn't be surprised. Um, but you mentioned when you put out not glitter, you started to do more shows, just, uh, you know, taking those offers. Um, was that always the intention when that record came out, you just wanted to do more or was there like this one moment where it kind of hit you were like, wow, like this is fun. Like, let's keep this rolling. I mean, the, I think it's more of the opposite. It was never like, this isn't fun. So I'm just going to keep doing it. You know, um, I think I, I wanted to play more shows um, just because it was like, uh, it's just what I know to do. You know, it's, it's, I had a, a band to play shows with. So I just wanted to play playing live music in front of people is the best I don't know, experience I've ever had in my life. You know, it's like continually an amazing and kind of like hard to even like, uh, hard to discuss, like kind of like weird phenomenon in my life. That it's like, it's very normal. And it's, it's something that I don't know, a lot of people get to do. But to me personally, when I get like, am able to play music, like it, it is like, a weird sense of like 
I don't know, freedom is maybe like close. It's just like, it, it's just, I enjoy it a lot. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, I'm doing a band and I'm playing more music. And so, yeah, I want to play more. Like that's the goal always to play more shows, to play to new people, to meet new people, to like, I don't know, just have new experiences. And so when not glitter came out and it was like, this is, I'm like enjoying doing this. And it's like, I, I don't know. I want to say it was like going better. Um, still just like super small shows and just kind of playing like any weird thing I got offered, but it was just, I don't know. It was fun. It's just like that kind of like fun energy to pursue um, that there was no pressure on it. It was just me. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, I don't know. It's just like, it, it, that's just what I know to do. You know, like I, I'm, uh, if I'm playing music, I want to, I'm writing music. I want to play it. Mm. And well, if you can speak candidly, uh, those early days when you're uh, taking these offers, uh, what was the weirdest show? If, if you have a memory of that, um, that you took on, cause I'm, you know, I'm sure starting off a uh, new band, uh, not a lot of traction. You're, you're just wanting to get out there and, uh, you know, take these offers. And I'm, I'm just curious what it was like. And um, if you had a weird experience, I mean, like some of the weird shows were just like playing with weird bands that I had like never heard of or heard it like, you know, before or after. Um, and I can't really remember them. Mm-hmm. I've like been trying to go to be a good archivist with glitter. Cause I, I felt like I, I wasn't really with title fight where I like, I have like notes about shows. I have like a list of every single show I played. Um, and just like, you know, just that kind of stuff. And I, I have enjoyed doing that. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind, like off the top of my head for a weird show was I played, um, like there was this college radio station in fuck. I forget. I don't think it was Delaware. Cause I don't think I've ever played a show in Delaware. I think it was like Jersey, a weird show in Jersey that um, it was like college radio station. Everyone was super friendly and nice, mm-hmm. but it was like just a weird group of bands and it was in this house, but it wasn't like a house show. Like I, have come to know it was like a house show. And then it was like a frat party that like had a show in the basement and it was put on by like children, you know, cause they were college kids. Yeah. And, uh, and they like, it was right when uh, like the flexi came out, I think. And so like I had the flexi and I had like a shirt or something and I was like selling merch and nobody was buying anything. And they like made me food. And so like I rented a car to go to the show by myself. So like the whole story is, you know, I get asked to play the show. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll play it. Um, I, like, rent a car, drive out to Jersey, get to this house. They, like, do an interview with me for the radio station or, or their website or something. And then they, like, the one person is like, oh, like, my boyfriend is a, a chef. And he is, you know, like, in culinary school. And so, like, we made food for the band. Like, how many members are there in the band? And I was like, oh, it's just me. And they're like, okay. And they like had like four plates of food out and they took three away and they just like took me up to a bedroom that somebody like lived, you know, like just a normal person from the house's bedroom. Mm -hmm. And they just set me up in there and they closed the door. I'm like, okay, we'll be back in like 20 minutes. And so I ate by Like it was really good pasta, I think, Uh but I just like ate by myself in somebody's bedroom who I didn't know. And then played a show where nobody gave a fuck about me. 
and then like drove back to New York by myself in this rental car. And I was like, that was like a fairly awkward show, but at the same time, it was awesome. It's like, I don't know. I didn't think I'd be able to like have that experience as like, I don't know. Uh, I was like probably like 28 when that happened or something, you know, mm-hmm. it was just like, it made me feel I was like 16 again in like a very good way because it's like, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't really care. It's just like fun. I'm just getting to play music. And that's like, that's all I want to do. So even if nobody cares that I'm there and even if like, you know, I'm eating pasta by myself in some random person's bedroom, feeling kind of uncomfortable and maybe slightly depressed, it was totally worth it. It was sick. Yeah. Because you think about, uh, you know, uh, your life, uh, normal day, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's not often you're going to find yourself in some stranger's bedroom eating food alone, waiting to play a show in, in a basement of some like, you know, while a whole party's going on. That, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It was just nice in like a really weird way. It was just like, I don't know. It, it was like humbling in the best possible way. It's like mm-hmm. nobody gives a fuck about you. And that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's cool that like people care enough to like ask me to play this show in New Jersey. And I like that. And I'm happy that like somebody cared enough and I'm here to like play. And no thought to reach out to any friends in Jersey. Like, hey, I'm playing some random show. Like if you're free. It wasn't a weird enough spot where like I didn't know. It it wasn't like close enough to Philly where I could like hit up anybody from Philly. Uh Um, I think I like asked my roommates from New York to come with me and they were all busy that night. Oh, wow. So then, but then it also became a thing of like, yeah, I'm just like going to do this by myself. And that kind of became like the MO for the band where like when I like whatever, uh, like I guess a year or so after that, when like I started to actually tour, mm-hmm. like after the LP came out, I went out on the road by myself for three weeks with nobody else, you know? And it was kind of like a weird mental challenge. It's like, can I get through this run by myself with nobody else and make it out the other side, like somewhat intact, you know? So it was, it was just you and the laptop. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's wild. And uh, was that, uh, was that like a full us or was that just like a regional thing? That was like a tour. Oh, that's probably another one of the, this, this wasn't an early weirdest show, but uh, another, it was out to like the weirdest show that I ever played in my entire life, which was a show in Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like a weird Midwest tour where I went like kind of South cut over to the Midwest. Oh no, I think I started going North and I went through Canada, came down to the Midwest and then came like looped back around to the East coast kind of. Um, but it was all centered around a college show in Wisconsin in like early August. So there was nobody from the college there. Yeah. Um, but I got paid like a buttload of money because like colleges have huge, like, uh, you know, pools of money to pay bands for they have huge entertainment budgets so it's mm-hmm. like yeah this like pays for the whole tour and that's sick and i got to go to like a bunch of places maybe i don't i didn't go to a bunch of places i've never been to, to before but i went to like a fair amount of places that i had like never played and haven't played in a really long time and it was just like again another like excuse to just go play music and so like of course i'm going to take that and you finished that run by yourself uh was was it fine? Were, were you okay to to do that again alone, or next time would you, would you want to have like a roadie with you, or like? Well, I wasn't supposed to go by myself. I was I was supposed to have a roadie. Mm-hmm. Um, and my roadie, my friend Andrew Sava, bailed at the last moment. Oh wow! Um, 
and he was supposed to come meet me because he said he couldn't get into Canada. And then he said he was going to meet me after Canada. And then he just never, <laughs> never made it, which like, it's fine. I'm not mad at him for sure. Um, but after that, like the first couple of days when I, cause I like didn't mentally prepare for being by myself because yeah. I expected to have a friend with me. And then when I got to like Toronto was like the fifth day in and I was like, man, this is like really weird. Like, it's just like, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was depressing in a way because it felt like, like tour is, I don't want to say mostly bad, but it has a lot of negative aspects to it. Sure. You know, being stuck in a vehicle all day can be like really trying, um, being close to people all the time can like put a strain on relationships. Um, sleeping at like shitty places every night and like you know it like the things just kind of add up but getting to play music is like what makes it worth it and so when you take away like the fun social aspects of it like even if like being in the van can be like really boring at least you're there with your friends and you could like fuck around and like you know make jokes with each other and like talk about things like at least you have that to socialize and like kind of pass the time when you're by yourself and like the only socialization you do is with like talk radio in whatever town you happen to be driving through, it begins to feel like super lonely in a weird way. When like the thing that makes it worth it is like the show at the end of the night. And when you get to that point you're like, I was kind of drained, you know, because I was like trying to, I don't know, uh, support myself kind of. And like by the fifth day, it felt like super heavy. And then after that, I just like got used to it. And the rest of the tour, there was like another like two and a half weeks. It was totally fine. It was cool. I like enjoyed myself. I like got to cities early and I would like find whatever a bookstore to go to or like a park to go read in or something. And I would just like kind of do that. And it got like easier and better. And, th- and then that like made uh, the shows were all like, the shows were actually good. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that tour, but also like it made, socializing at the shows a little bit easier because I wasn't as drained. And so like, I was just happy to meet like new people and like get to talk to people. And that was cool. Um, and so like when I kind of like lifted my own burden, I was able to enjoy it. And then uh, I did another tour. I think after that, like half by myself, I had like a, a friend Rody with me for like the first week or so of like a, a two or three week West coast tour. Um, but yeah, I was like totally cool doing it by myself after that. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's somewhat, you know, it's kind of cool to go on a road trip like that uh, alone because uh, just the thought of that, just ha- like having so much alone time is nice because obviously I'm, you could get lost in your, your head or you'll put on like a cool podcast or listen to music that you haven't listened to in a long time. That's fun, but it, it, I'm sure it does get old being like, you know, alone that for that part of the day. So when you get to the show and it's like, you know, tons of people and you're like holy crap now i'm surrounded by all these people so I'm, I'm sure it was like really refreshing to just be around people and talk to people yeah yeah and it's, it's like a very different experience when it's tons of people that you don't know too yeah and you know and it's like i don't know it's hard it's not like difficult for me to socialize but i'm not the best socializer mm-hmm. um dealing with large groups groups of people is like difficult um and so it's like i don't know being the only person who like gave me a good excuse because I just sit behind the merch table all night. And if people want to come up and talk to me, I was like, you know, I was there and I was like, or I would just like kind of sit around and read, but yeah, it's like, it's not the same kind of energy when you like 
you drive to like hang out with a bunch of people that you know you know it was like i was driving five hours through missouri to go to a show where i didn't know a single person you know but then i was like i got there i was like this is kind of exciting yeah you know this is like i don't know this is what we what i did when i was 18 um and it's like that's like such a weird kind of thing to encounter twice and it like I kind of like appreciate it more coming around like the second time because it, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's something that I felt like at the time, it's just like, it felt kind of normal. Um, just, I feel like we, I had seen like other bands tour and stuff and it felt like this is just what I was going to do. And it's like, okay, I'm going to like play in bands and go on tour, like on my summer breaks and stuff. Like, that's just like, it, it felt like normal and approachable. And now like, I feel like, Oh, this is like pretty crazy. This is like, I'm like really stoked to like have the opportunity to do this. Not that I wasn't like excited before, but mm-hmm. it's like, it, it really did feel like something that like anybody could do. Um, and now I've, I don't know. I felt like it, it was just like exciting in a weird new way. Yeah. I, I feel like rolling into like a, a spot with like your bandmates or friends, um, you, you kind of have that safety net if you're like in a like unfamiliar spot that you don't really know a whole lot of people. So you always have like that, that safety net. Okay, cool. I, I can just go back to my little circle of friends and just socialize with them all night. I don't have to branch out and talk to these um, new people who I've never met before or people that I've never even seen before. But when you're in that environment by yourself, you don't really have a choice because it's just you. So either you're just not going to talk to anybody or, uh, you know, people are going to gravitate towards you or you're going to just want to talk to somebody and you know, just meet new people. So and it definitely is like, you know, can be kind of scary. You're just in a new spot. Don't know anybody to so just to talk to anybody new, you know, can be a little intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like intimidating in a good way, you know? Oh yeah, for Maybe, sure. I don't know. It's, it's weird because I guess like the unsaid thing of what we're talking about right now is that I understand that I was in a band that people made like, Mm-hmm. and may have like certain kind of like preconceived ideas about me going into it. And a lot of the experiences that I had were people like that were impressed that I was like sitting at the merch table, you know, and like, wow, like you're here. And I'm like, where else would I be? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like the, I, I'm the only person here. Like I have to do this. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I'm like happy to do it, but it's like, I don't know. I, People like, I don't want people to like treat me like weird because, you know, I am in title fight, you know, but I kind of understand that to certain, to some people like that may seem like, I don't know, impressive or strange or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know how people feel, but it's uh, it, it like that makes the social setting kind of weird, you know? Mm-hmm. but I'm like, I don't want it to be weird. So like, I'm happy to just sit there and receive any kind of conversation that will come my way, you know, um, uh, with the caveat of like, as long as it's like in, I don't know, like a kind of normal, respectful, like human conversation. If I'm like, th- I, there definitely can be some sort of scenario where like I would be uncomfortable or I would not like, uh, I don't know. I would feel like kind of strange, but I, I, I don't think I've really felt that way. It's just like, I don't know. I'm like happy to, to like talk to people. I'm like, it's, I don't know. I'm happy to engage with whoever like wants to engage. Um, 
you know it's like it's kind of the idea of like playing music to a certain extent it's like to to interact with like somebody else um and like to a certain extent you know and so like to like put like a physical kind of thing to that is like something that i'm like happy to do 100 percent. and um you are in like a i don't want to say like a weird spot but obviously um like th- th- there are a-, a lot of people out there like you know they they, they look at you is um uh, ned russin from title fight but it's just like no you're just uh ned russin just a normal human being so i feel like um like and it is weird using the word celebrity like in our space but like when, when when people look at you it, it seems like it's really hard for them to like separate the two and uh you know and, and i understand like um if people you know come and talk to you in person like it would be nice if they would just talk to you like a normal person uh and not like you know get all weird because you're in this like you know uh, popular band so i'm uh you know i, I hope in the future you know people can uh, just treat you normal if that makes sense and just be respectable yeah that's i've, I've never felt like disrespected mm-hmm. and i've never felt like um uh i don't know I, i've never felt like used or something but like and it's I'm, I'm very appreciative when anybody's ever told me like i'm a huge fan of title fight mm-hmm. like that means a lot to me like title fight means a lot to me too obviously like um and so i i appreciate that a lot but um i don't know where to go from there in the conversation yeah. you know 100 yeah. it's um i don't know all i can really say is thank you and i mean it like i'm sincere in saying thank you but um i'm like happy to talk about i'm not, I'm not gonna say i'm happy to talk about anything because i definitely have limitations yeah you know i'm a human being but i don't know if people like I, I also like if somebody i don't know had like questions about i don't, I don't want to put up hypotheticals because i don't want to like i don't want to like create a script for somebody to use yeah. but you know like i'm i'm like i'm just a human being who enjoys music and that's why i'm there and like if other people enjoy music like i'm happy to like talk at this you know like that's just like what people do i don't know yeah no i totally get what you're saying um but it, yeah it, it, it definitely is like a weird spot to be in like and like i said like especially in our space because there's not many you know uh people out there uh, like you if that makes sense I, I can't really, I don't know. You know, and, I know. It, it, it's so strange for me to say that to you and I'm sure it's probably even harder for you to, to even like accept that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to agree with that statement. But. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But, um, yeah, I, but, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but that's, uh, you know, going back to, you know, the, the, the talk about those tours, um, and you playing by yourself, I know that I've seen, um, you know, some sets, um, of you playing with, uh, you know, actual band members, uh, is that something that you're going to start leaning into more going in the future? Just like, you know, like you do the, the half the set, like, you know, solo and then the band members come out and play the rest of the songs. Uh, do you like that style more or would you want to have a band on there full time with you? Um, I mean, because like, you know, bands don't really exist at the moment. I'm not like making any claims, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm not really saying anything either way. Uh, just, I don't know. I, I don't like have any announcements to make. You know what I'm saying? No, but for like, sure. But yeah, I, I love playing with the band. I love real drums and like super loud guitars. Um, so yeah, I would like to play with a band. Um, 
but I have no plans for anything really. I have, I have no plans for shows. So it doesn't make plans. It doesn't make sense to make plans for anything else, you know? Okay. I'm, well, on the topic of no plans for shows on your band camp, um, there's like a date that's listed for September 8th. Is that real or? No, that's not real. Oh, okay. I, can't, right. I, I should like figure out how to like take that off. Okay. I'm, because, I'm just curious. Yeah, that was from a, a rescheduled show with Mannequin Pussy mm-hmm. that I think was supposed to be like September 8th, 2020. Okay. I think. Yeah, because that that sh- like that tour was supposed to be April, and then like everything, it kind of got pushed back. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like basically at this point, I've said like I'm not going to commit to anything that would be announced before there is like an actual I don't know lift mm-hmm. on things because like looking like a fool being like, Hey, we're going to play the show. Oh wait, it's rescheduled for another two months. Oh wait, it's rescheduled for five months. Oh wait, it's rescheduled for like another year. Like I'm not doing that again. That sucks. Mm-hmm. It's like, it sucks for everybody, but it's also just like, it, it just is stupid, you know? So I'm just kind of like, I don't know. This also goes into a conversation that's like complicated and something that I don't understand about like what the music scene will look like post COVID, because I think that's like, Going that could be a bad scene potentially, but um, you know, like I, I I'm not thinking that far into the future. Really, I don't know. I'm just like when things are able to happen, then like I'm gonna start making plans again. But I'm not like I don't know. I don't really have any plans to do anything otherwise. I can definitely respect that because uh, like a couple of weeks ago, there's like you know these festivals being announced, and I'm just looking at those things just kind of like sideways, like man, how are they so confident that those things are going to happen? Uh, and I'm I'm just kind of like, all right, cool. Like I'm not like mad at it. I'm just uh, curious because there's like so many bands, and I'm just like, okay, you guys are going to commit to something that far in advance. That's cool. And then even talking to like some of my friends who I'm um, you know playing other bands, uh, you know, getting asked to do stuff in like 2022. I'm like, that's so strange that they're trying to get you to commit to something that's so far away when we just don't really have like a real clear picture of like what that year is even going to be like. Because um, obviously in 2020, everybody was clamoring and looking forward to 2021. But here we are tail end of March and things have gotten like a, a little better, but we're still not anywhere near, um, you know, beating this thing. So it, it, it is strange to me, but I, I can definitely respect you not wanting to commit to anything. Cause it's just like, yeah, what's the point when uh, it's not even like a, a sure thing. Yeah. I mean, like I, I don't want to like rag on other people doing it because yeah, there are bands, like there are people whose livelihood is playing music mm-hmm. and they need to do these things to pay their rent and to like pay their bills. And it's like, that's obviously super important. Um, and you can only like make so much money by like selling shirts through your web store, or, like doing a live stream or something, you know, it like being in a band in whatever this modern era is, is like pretty difficult because like the only way you can make money is by going on tour. And really what that means is the only way you can make money is by selling merch on tour. Yeah. Um, and so it's like there were people who like had whatever kind of lifestyle and that was completely taken away by, you know, by COVID. And like that sounds super privileged because there's also like plenty of other people who like, you know, who also had like their entire industries decimated by COVID. I'm just speaking from my own perspective, my own point of view, because like these are the people that I've like, been around for a long time and people that I know that have been affected by this. Um, but yeah, it's like 
it, it makes sense for bands to like start booking stuff and to start making announcements to try and get some like excitement. Um, and like, I wish all those bands the best. I wish every band can play as soon as possible and they could have like everything can, you know, go back to whatever it was like before. And they can like, everybody can exist happily, um, symbiotically, but I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like. It's, it's kind of hard to imagine it being like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. Um, like where I live, I'm out here in orange County, California. Um, like t- today they actually like lifted, um, like some bands, like you can do like some like indoor dining and stuff, but I'm kind of like, okay, like we've, we've been to this point before, like, you know, uh, where that stuff got lifted, but then we got pushed back and it, it's just kind of, it, well, it's still strange because it, it's been, um, like on a band for so long where it's like not eating in a restaurant. That's, that's normal to me now. So to, to go back and do that stuff and then. Um, to even think about going back to shows, I'm just like, ah, that, that just seems so foreign. And I, I'm just waiting because I'm like, okay, this is like the longest I've ever gone in my entire life without going to a show. Like, um, there's nothing I can do. So I'm, I'm just going to wait till it's like, I guess like, okay. I, I guess that's the best way to say it until it's like, okay to go back to a show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, goes without saying I'm not an epidemiologist mm-hmm. or, you know, like any sort of like professional in this field. Sure. Um, so I default to like, the very intelligent people making decisions. Um, it's really difficult because obviously we live uh, in a country where despite like the, the knowledge that um, people like, n- like need to stay safe in order to like not get COVID themselves or give COVID to somebody else. Like we need to practice like the, the, um, a lifestyle that is like mostly solitary. Um, yet we make everybody go into work because everyone has bills to pay and we refuse to like assist in that way. So it's creates this thing where it's like everything is normal, but it's not normal, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It's really difficult to exist in this time because it's so easy to forget that like, there is a weird virus going around that has killed like so many people. And there's like, I don't know. It's not that there's nothing we we can do about it, but it's like, we're doing as much as we can. And it's still just like killing so many people every single day, you know? And like, this is like a real downer conversation. And I apologize for that. Oh, you're fine. No, I've, I've had this conversation so many times. Yeah. Uh, um, and it, I, I, for me, I'm like, okay, I, I'm curious to get just different people's perspectives on it. Um, but no, I, I totally get what you're saying. For, for, for me, when I look at this whole situation, I'm always curious what we would be like if we did it like some of these other countries that have been more successful at it. Um, obviously, like we're like way different in like obviously um, when it comes like you know to the, to the size as well. Like we have like way more people here than some of those other countries that were way more successful. But uh, part of me, it just like wonders, like you know, uh, what it would be like if uh, like America as a whole took it like a, a little more serious. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, things would be different. But yeah, you know, like in the reality that we exist in, like this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I do is play music, and I can't play music right now, and like that's just what it is. Um, I hope to play music again, like everybody else, you know? And like, when it gets to that point, like, that'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to get there. I'm just like, you know, like everybody else just trying to be safe and smart. And, and I don't know, that is also complicated in and of itself because I don't know, everybody thinks they're smarter than everyone else. And I am like, yeah, 
not immune to that and that sucks and I want to work on that. But it's like, yeah, we just like, we, we like everybody needs to help everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And like, yeah, I, I hope going back, you know, I hope my friends get to play those shows that they booked. I hope like every band gets to play and, you know, I hope everybody, uh, like all the jobs that were like destroyed return. And I hope like everything is kind of like, you know, can come back in a way that is supportive of the people. hundred percent. I, I agree. Uh, going back to the music, uh, the next record you put out looking through the shades, um, we, we kind of saw like a departure from like the artwork on the cover for the album. There was like a, photo of you which i thought was cool i like the color scheme uh maybe i'm biased because my favorite color is red but um when it comes to the music it, it seems like you went the route and uh, did things a little more pro- professional you had like real drums on the record um mm-hmm. I, i'm curious uh, what that growth was like you know from not glitter to looking through the shades um kind of like i guess after not glitter i decided that i, I did want to do an lp um and so it was like I, I'm not going to say I took like the songwriting more seriously, but I, I just knew that I was going to have more time to write because I was going to have more songs, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I started to write and, and to me, like I've never before like written records, let alone a record, like completely by myself. And so like, I just wanted, like wanted to find ways to kind of, um, I don't know, exercise like my musical brain. And so for me, the, like the easiest way to do it is like picking up a new instrument. Um, and that's why I was like easy at the beginning because I was playing keyboards and that would like allow me to kind of like fall into a melody accidentally that I've never played before or some chords because I was just like fiddling around and that was really cool. And, you know, I like, so with looking through the shades, I like started picking up the guitar more and that was something that I was like purposefully trying to not do at the beginning, just to, to like do something that I felt like was completely within my own ability, um, completely like th- that I could control. Cause I'm not a guitarist. I'm not good at it. And like, I, I don't even really like playing it, but, um, you know, just like trying to like come up with some new ideas. I was like picking up the guitar and I was recording demos with them. And I was like, you know what, like this, this is like the sound that I like the most, like a loud distorted guitar, I think is like the coolest thing in the world. And so it was kind of like stumbling upon this thing that like I'm so familiar with in a new context that made me kind of reconsider like, okay, what if I took like the original idea of the band and just like added stupid, dumb fuzz out guitars and like, you know, and it's like, okay, and what if, like, the drums were not, like, drum machines anymore? Like, what if this, like, like the idea of, like, the one-person band became, like, a band that is just one person? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, like, that kind of, like, realization and then just kind of running with that. Um, and so for, you know, for the writing process, it, it kind of, like, just opened up into that situation kind of organically. Um, and then recording it, that was when it was, like, fully realized. And that was, like, you know, having multiple guitar tracks, having real drums, um, having my brother Ben play the drums, um, like all these things kind of like made it into a band and that, I don't know, that like just felt good to me. That felt like it was like a proper, um, I don't know, proper way to like do the, the whole glitter thing, whatever that is. 
And even with a record uh, with that many tracks, were you uh, nervous at all to, to do a, a full length like that? Or was that just, it just came natural. That was the, the new batch of songs that you had. I mean, I, th I think like releasing any like amount of music is, is nerve wracking, you know? Um, but yeah, it was like, that. that's just like what felt natural. And also like, to me, I think the album is like the most interesting artistic statement in music. Um, it's like completely arbitrary in a construct. And I totally recognize that. But at the same time, like the way in which music changed, like post the LP being the thing, like is the most exciting thing to me. You know, like bands being like, okay, we are writing a group of songs that go together that are supposed to be a coherent idea from side A to the end of side B with artwork that pulls it all together with, you know, whatever kind of thematic things running through um, everything, just like one statement together. To me, that was like, I don't know, the coolest thing. And so I like, I understand it's even more arbitrary now just because like full length records are like, I don't know, whatever, like they're just like not a, a playlist on Spotify, you know, like it doesn't really mean anything anymore. Um, or at least it doesn't mean like the same thing it did however many, like 50, 60 years ago. But, um, it's still to me, like something that I strive to, to like work on because it's like, that is what I think is cool. Like a record being a statement. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, I want to write an album because I like albums. And so I was just working on that. Um, like a, a singular idea of multiple parts yeah and i, I definitely like that because uh talking to a lot of my friends in like the the hardcore space and uh they're i guess like a little like apprehensive to do um like uh like an lp because they, they um you know worry about uh you know, doing filler songs and they just want to put out you know just songs like all bangers cool you know do an ep it's easier that way less songs uh, less work but i i love when a band steps up and doesn't uh like a full lp because it, it, it it's exciting for me as a fan to just to be able to, to just grasp and be able to absorb more content and for me i'm always curious to see uh like their artistic vision and, and try to understand it. So I, I always appreciate when bands are, are willing to, to take that risk and put out um, a full LP. Yeah. I mean, the full length within hardcore is like a discussion that can last like, you know, years. Um, it's super interesting because I think like the best examples of full lengths within hardcore are not full length records by like the typical definition, by like the traditional definition, you know, um, because like whatever victim in pain is 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. you know out of step is like eight songs it's like that's not a full-length record and they're like in the music industry terms yeah and so i think like as hardcore kind of became more i don't know like exposed to like kind of like industry norms and bands tried to do like whatever like actual full lengths i think they were like trying to put a framework that doesn't necessarily fit on hardcore um, and sometimes it worked like age of Coral is like a pop, like a, a, a proper LP and that totally works. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also like, because they're like musical geniuses, you know, and they like, they're just great songwriters and great performers. Um, it doesn't really like work that way all the time. And so I think hardcore is a, 
hardcore and then like you know we're speaking of hard, like when i say hardcore i mean like whatever fast like aggressive angry music with distorted guitars and loud drums and stuff like that's a style of music best played brief that's why like i don't know the best hardcore records are seven inches for the most part and so when you try and do like a 28 minute record in a traditional hardcore style it, yeah it's totally hard and i totally get like the apprehension and like okay this is like something that's only been done right like a couple of times mm -hmm. but that's also because like we're thinking of that in the whatever the music industry terms and it's like you got to just say fuck that and so i mean glitter is saying fuck that in a kind of different way because it's like i mean it's 14 songs but it's like a 20 minute record you know it's like these are super short songs and this like in whatever uh even like 15 years ago wouldn't be considered an LP because it's like not the right running time, you know, but it's like, this is just like, these are like, yeah, these, this is like a, a large batch of songs, but it's not like, I don't know, everything's short. Like you can listen to it really quick. It's supposed to go fast because that's what I like. Um, I'm not here to like, I don't know, sing the same part three times due to board. Like, you know, just hit you over the head with something. It's like, these are the songs and then it's done and then that's it. And that's like, I don't know. I don't want to say like that's hardcore makes some like grand silly statement like that. But yeah, I don't know. I definitely took like that idea from, I don't know, from what I got from hardcore. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also curious, uh, you know, Glitterer, uh, you play a lot of shows, uh, you know, and there's like a lot of, I mean, like ties to hardcore and obviously a lot of kids from the hardcore scene fan of your, your music. Is that um, cool for you to, to kind of um, have that support from the hardcore community? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I, I like hardcore. That's what I am. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's cool. That, that also like kind of feels normal to me. Um, just because that's like the thing that I've been a part of since I was, I don't know, 13 years old. Um, it just kind of feels normal and natural. Um, hardcore is like a genre or like even, I don't know, whatever, anything as a genre is not something I'm really interested in. Um, I've gotten like a lot of questions um, just like, I don't know, in interviews leading up to the record or something about like, not even about a genre, but like people kind of telling me like what genre glitter is or something. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I don't use any of those terms, you know, I, I don't really sit down to like write music and think like, okay, I'm going to write a Midwest emo style song with um, like early nineties college rock, uh, like sensibility or something like, I don't know. I think that's ridiculous to think like that. Yeah. I write down, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write like some music and these chords sound nice together. And so I'm going to go with that. Um, like, I think, yeah, like certain things kind of like blend into my subconscious and like they come from bands that are whatever kind of style, but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't sit down to write genre like music. I think genres are like, that's like something for critics to kind of like debate about. Like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to correct on any, like, I'm not going to correct anybody when they say like what this is. Mm -hmm. Cause I just like, I don't know. That's not something I think about. Um, it's something for people to classify things. And I'm just like, I'm not trying to like get away from classic classification. I don't think I'm like above that or something, but it's just not something that I put 
thought into like when creating i'm not like trying to be like classified with anything um i'm just writing the music that i'm writing yeah i i totally get that i i've been in the situation so many times where i'll try to sell somebody on a band and they'll ask like oh like what do they sound like or like what type of music is it and i'm just like trying to find like the best way to like describe it, uh, but be accurate. But I'm just like, ah, oh, like it, it, it's too hard. So I'm like, okay, screw that. Doesn't matter. Just go listen to the music. You're either gonna like it or you're not. Uh, you know, genre classification doesn't matter. It's like it's just music. Just go check it out. So I, yeah. yeah so I, I try my best to, um, to like not really do that anymore. Because because sometimes I feel like okay, like I don't want to put them in the box. Maybe be disrespectful. So for me, I was just kind of just direct everybody just to the music versus like trying to you know describe a genre first. Yeah. And I mean, that's like hard. That's like super difficult because it's like people are obviously going to be more inclined to check something out. If it's like, if you say this band sounds like whatever band that the person likes, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and people really want that. And like, I'm, I do that all the time. You know, like I, I will say like, I will recommend bands to my friends or have bands recommended to me that like are said to sound like whatever band. And like, that's, I don't know. I don't think that's like wrong or bad by any means. But it's, I don't know, it just becomes like something different when I think of the stuff that I make. Um, that's just like a conversation that I don't have with myself, you know? Yeah. Because like, I don't know, that really isn't important to me, you know? And I guess like it's easier to have those conversations with people who you share that kind of similar value, like share those similar values with. Because it's like, I don't know, I can reference like, oh, this band like is uh, trying to be like, uh, a youth crew band meets Rev Summer and they're like whatever and like I could say that to a certain person who will like understand what I'm talking about mm-hmm. um, and understand that it doesn't mean that they're trying to like rip off these bands and trying to be like those two like I don't know like a part of two very different scenes but I think I don't know like bands and styles and like scenes have like sounds and stuff. And you can like, you can point out what all those things are and try and uh, notice that in other bands like songs as well. But it's, I don't know. It just kind of seems pointless to me. You know, it's, I'm, it's like difficult for me to do and I'm not good at it. I'm not good at like discussing other like bands music with reference to other things. Um, and I'm, I'm especially not good about discussing my own band's music. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me like what glitter sounded like recently. And I like couldn't figure out what to say. I was like dumbfounded. I was like, I, I have no idea. And then I'm not trying to say like, it's like this completely original, unique, yeah. interesting thing. I was just like, I don't know. I'm like, it's, it's like there are melodies and it's short and it's kind of loud. And like, I don't know. It's like, it's just hard. I don't, I don't think of it in those terms. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Yeah. And you, and also you also don't want to, uh, try to describe yourself and it come out wrong and give somebody like totally like the wrong idea. Cause it's like, they could you know, be turned off before they even get a chance to even listen to you. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the thing. Somebody says like, Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I've heard so many bands say they sound like the Chromags or people have tell me bands sound like the Chromags mm-hmm. and I listen to it. I'm like, you would have had such a better shot of me liking this band if you didn't say this on the Chrome eggs. Yeah. Because it, it like the Chrome eggs are amazing and it doesn't sound like the Chrome eggs. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, it sounds whatever, like metallic mm-hmm. and like hard. Okay. 
but like the Cro-Mags like wrote fucking pop songs, you know, the Cro-Mags and, like Coxbar and like kind of bands like that, write music that by the end of your first time hearing the song, you know, all the words, you know, exactly when to mosh, you know, exactly when to like sing along and stage dive. It's, it's like, everything is so like well-placed mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's just like kind of cerebral in that way where it's like, I don't know. It does the thinking for you. And you were like, just if you were kind of like at all, I don't know, invested in that kind of music, like you can just tell what's coming next in the best possible way. Um, It's just like very logical music. And I don't know, to me, that's like the best kind of like pop music too. You know, stuff that's just like instantly recognizable and good and easy. Um, And I don't like, that's not a slight, I don't, I'm not saying like, the Chromex music is like easy to write. That's why it's like so difficult because it's like, it just feels so intuitive. Yeah. And for somebody to set that, that expectation, like, okay, they sound like the Chromex, but then when you go and tune in and it's nothing like the Chromex, you're just like, what's going on here? Yeah. It makes me upset because yeah. then I'm thinking about the Chromex. Yeah. no, I'm like comparing this band to a band that is like one of the best bands ever. And they don't sound like that. And then I'm like holding them to that standard. And it's like, that's just not fair. hundred percent. Um, well, last thing on looking through the shades, uh, on the, the cover, I'm, are you wearing a girl biscuit city? Yeah, I am. Okay. All right. Just, just want to make sure. Cause obviously you can kind of see the logo through the shades, but just for, yeah. for on the back cover, you can see it's a, it's a start today, 1990 tour hoodie mm-hmm. that, uh, Walter Schreifels has told me that he, he was like kind of unsure if it was legit or not. He's like, I think that's a bootleg, but then I met somebody in Europe He's like, oh, I went to that tour and I bought that hoodie. Confirmation. So okay. I have conflicting details on the authenticity of that sweatshirt, but uh, I I don't know. It was more like um, it went with the concept mm-hmm. because it was a red hoodie, and I like didn't have anything else. Red. I had like a red shirt to wear, but the red hoodie was better just because it like it just completely blended in. Mm-hmm. And so we went with that. But then it also became a thing of like this is like I don't know the record cover hoodie. And I haven't worn the hoodie since then because it feels like a costume and it's like weird, you know, it's like, I don't like it's, it makes you feel like, Oh, now I'm like playing the character glitter from yeah. the record cover. Now I'm I totally like, get that. Look, this is like, I don't know. It's just like a, a piece of clothing that I own. That's cool. Yeah. And you probably didn't even think about that when you were doing the photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It, it was just like, Oh, this works well with the colors. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Interesting. Well, that's, uh, you know, interesting to hear about it, but maybe one day you can just wear it and it'll be a, a normal thing and not feel like a costume. Yeah. Down the line. I just need like a couple years of removal. Yeah. But when that 10 year comes around, people are going to remember. Yeah. Then that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have to subvert their expectations. I'll wear like a, I don't know, a, uh, a blue hoodie or something. Okay. So finally we're, we're here. Uh, your latest record came out late February and um, life is not a lesson, which is to me is a great record. I, I was I'm super stoked on it, but um, from the first release to now, you were pretty consistent with having a release every year. Uh, you took 2020 off. Was that because of uh, what was going on in the world or was that just intentionally you just wanted to take the year off and uh, you know have some time to work on the record? No, the record was supposed to come out in 2020 actually. Um, wow. So I finished the record in, in late May, mm-hmm. like finished as in like, 
maybe like I, I had everything in like artwork, master, like all everything that I needed um, by like early June. Um, and that was with the intention of getting it out in 2020. And I like went to anti the record label and like, you know, like here's everything that you needed. Cause I was like really pushing for a 2020 release. And they're like, okay, here are the dates that we have left open on the calendar. We have like, um, November, like whatever, like six or something. I forget what the date was. It was, uh, three days after the election. Mm-hmm. And at first it was like, okay. And then like, as the summer came along, I was like, I think we should not put out a record three days after the election. Just like, you know, even if things go well, mm-hmm. um, there's like, who's going to want to listen to a record, you know, like it all, like anybody's going to be talking about is the news. And also like, that was like, we were, I don't know. It like, that was in the time that it was like, this is not going to be like two months anymore. And the pandemic's going to last into the election. And so like, I was very much aware that like the election results aren't going to be on Tuesday night. Yeah. The, the results are going to be as the ballots are counted as they come in from the mail. And so like, I like, I mean, the, the, the results did come out on that Friday. Right. And so that would have been like the day that the record came out. And I just feel like that's just like bad competition to have like the most important like date of the year. Um, internationally is like that you're competing with that. Like that's too much. And so I was like, okay, maybe we should push it back. Like, do we have anything else? Like, do you have anything else available on the calendar? And like, no, at this point, the earliest we have is February. I was like, okay, it doesn't really matter because the world's not going to be open by then either. So I'm just like kind of sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Um, It doesn't matter when it comes out. And so we just like went for that instead. Um, But yeah, so it was supposed to be 2020. It's 2021. That's fine. For sure. It's not really much of a difference at this point. Yeah. When I think back, I've been in this like situation so many times where like I'll, I'll think back to a memory and I'm like, holy shit, that wasn't 2020. That was 2019. Cause you know, 2020, I barely did anything. I, I mainly just like work and came home, you know, just sat around. So yeah. Yeah. So strange times. Um, but I, I, I guess I, I think that was a good call. Cause I, I, on top of, uh, the, the election and, you know, getting settled, uh, trying to pr- promote a record even on that day would be kind of weird too. Like, Hey, like I know there's all this like important political stuff going on, but go check out the new record. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's also like, I don't know. It, it was just like a lot to deal with personally as well, you know? And so like, it, I was fine just like pushing it back. Um, and the thing is too, I don't know. I feel like, I don't think things are better figured out now, but I think people are like a little bit more, used to the situation and so i don't know it, it just feels like an easier time to to put out something at this point even though it's still like crazy and fucked up um it's it's just like i don't know it, it was just a little bit easier of a time to put out a record yeah no i i totally get that but i it's almost been a month since the record's been out uh, how do you feel like the reception has been I mean, it's really, I I feel like it's hard to tell no matter what. Um, Obviously like the stuff that I've seen and like the people that I've talked to are from people who are either like obligated to tell me like good news okay, or like, you know, like the label, they're going to like obviously highlight like the good stuff. 
or are like my friends who are reaching out to me to like, I don't know, who at the very least wouldn't say they like, you know, that they didn't like it, you know? So like the world that I, the little bubble that I've been in has been like positive, which has been, I don't know, that's been nice. And the stuff that I've seen, like the people that have engaged with me have been, I don't know, pretty positive. And like that, that's been like a nice experience. Um, it's, it's like really hard to say just because it's like, I don't, I really try not to exist in the internet. Um, I try not to like, I don't know, just like go down those rabbit holes. Um, but uh, I don't know the stuff that I have seen, like whatever, like the, 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 the comments that people have left or like the stuff people have tagged me and has been like positive And I appreciate that. Um, but it's like, to me, the way to figure out if like, the songs are good and the record like went over well is like when you play it live and obviously that hasn't happened. So the stuff that I've seen, I'm, I'm very content with, um, the conversations that I've had with people, um, I've really appreciated, but as far as like the actual response, it's really hard to gauge. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it feels kind of, uh, I don't know, hard to like really pin down. Yeah, no, I, I can only see, totally see that. Uh, was there ever any thought to do like any type of like special live stream like based around the record or, or are you just going to kind of hold off and just wait till you can actually play shows? Yeah, no, that hasn't been discussed at all. Um, I did one live stream. There was a benefit done by uh, um, Feet First, right? Feet First, mm-hmm. yeah, who are like local to Wilkes Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a Black Lives Matter benefit. So I was happy to be involved in that. Um, but I haven't done any other live streams and nobody's like really asked. Um, and I don't really pursue that myself. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like kind of, I don't know. I haven't said no to anybody, but I'm also not saying yes. So it's, uh, I just kind of want to play like a, like a real show. It's kind of hard to do. Um, obviously. So Yeah. Until then, I'm just like happy to go to the practice space by myself every week and just kind of play the songs to me, you know, and that that feels good. And uh, you mentioned that uh, benefit you did with uh, Feet First. Uh, I watched that. I um, you know liked some of the bands that were performing on there. It was for a, a good cause. Uh, I noticed that you're you know, using the bass uh, for the, the set, which that was cool. Uh, was that in your practice space or was that somewhere special? Yeah, that was in my practice space. Yeah, that um. That, that we actually changed practice spaces recently um, okay. into like a boring, stupid story. But uh, this the space that I recorded the whole record in no longer exists, and uh, the people who ran that moved to a different space, and that was like the first real time that I used the new space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had like a lot of kinks to figure out because I've also never like recorded anything like that. Um, and I I don't know. It was I was like trying to figure everything out kind of on the fly, but it. Yeah, I don't know. It worked out. I, I like. I thought that was a, a pretty successful um, benefit stream. I was, you know, it was cool. Cool to see. Yeah, I, I was there watching it live. It, it was uh, pretty cool. Uh, the, the, like I said, the, I'm a fan of some of the bands that were on there, so I was uh, there, and I was like, oh, this is actually um, pretty interesting because. Uh, Obviously, uh, stuff was uh, pre-recorded, but it was still fun to watch because um, we we never seen that footage before, and just hearing some of those songs, uh, you know, on the recording was fun, and even just seeing some of the people perform that I've never even seen before. So it was uh, definitely a, a treat. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. Live streams are really weird, but it's like just to be able to play, see people play music is like, it's, it's uh, you know, like, you know, warms my heart a little bit. Um, but yeah. That was like, that was like fun to be a part of. I played to, at that point, there were two new songs. I mean, I guess there's still two new songs, but like, I like, uh, I guess debuted mm-hmm. two songs like on that show. And like, that was, I don't know. That's just something that I like to do. You know, it was like, there were no announcement or anything at that point. And I was like, just kind of happy to like slip some kind of stuff like that in um, for like anybody to notice. But yeah, it was, I don't know. I like, that's just kind of how I've been practicing now lately is I just go with my bass and I have my little sampler mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of like play all the songs just like over and over again and be like working on new stuff too. But it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's like all I got. So it's like, it's, it's okay. Yeah, just making it work. Yeah. Um, so the the new record titled um, "Life Is Not a Lesson." I'm I'm curious. Is there like a a deep meaning behind that? Uh, I don't know how. Like the word "deep" kind of scares me. Okay. Um, or, okay. Or, or is there uh, just like some sort of meaning behind it, or is it just uh, you know uh, some lyrics taken from uh, obviously the the last track? I mean, the the lyrics have a meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's really hard to discuss. I've been like asked this question in a lot of interviews so far. And like, I feel like I haven't really given a good answer yet. Maybe I I feel like I had like one good answer and I forget what it was now, but basically like, it's really hard to discuss lyrics true, and the meaning of them, because obviously like the best and most succinct way of saying what I mean is in the song. Um, you know, like I, I think it's like all there. And to like, kind of like pull the threads out, I like end up with this huge mess in my hands. And I'm saying like all these things at once that in my mind, like I know exactly what I'm saying, but when I look at what I've like produced, it's just actual gibberish. Um, Because the song, like, it's not like the song is like complex, but the song is dependent on like, not dependent on, but it like, it, it kind of builds on a lot of the stuff from the rest of the record. Mm-hmm. which is again, like going back to like my love for the album. It's like, this is a record that the song at the end is at the end because it like, it kind of completes a lot of the threads from earlier in the record. Um, the record is about like desire. I was thinking a lot about desire, like the search for self, the the desire for some sort of like purpose and originality and authenticity and all these kind of things that, feel like um kind of like american problems in a, in a way it's like this is like my generational issue as i see it is that like we are kind of like um america is such like an ego driven society that also has slowly been having like the facade lifted and like And so we all kind of realize like, this is bullshit. Like the American dream is like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just like take showing up and putting in the work to get to like where you want to be, to be like, you know, to like this grand idea of success, like climbing up the ladder, like in whatever, like that means, you know, usually just like kind of social status, um, like socioeconomic status. Um, But it's like, obviously it's just like kind of 
ridiculous. Um, yet we still strive for the same kind of, I don't know, the same kind of end goal, one that's based on like a successful self, a unique individual, like original self. And life is not a lesson. It's kind of looking at those kind of things. Like the, the, the idea of that song and that lyric is like, trying to unpack that to figure out why it is that way and to essentially say like, I don't think that's the best way to a, a lived like a well-lived life, mm -hmm. um, whatever that means. And if it's ridiculous to say that I have a take on that because who the fuck am I, you know, but it's like, I don't know. I don't think those things lead to empathy. I don't think those values um, understand the importance of the interconnectivity of life of the, like how every life is so dependent on the existence of all other lives of all other like things, like everything is, is just like so interwoven. And yeah, I think that song is based around trying to like appreciate that in a way something that I don't think is appreciated. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult for me to talk about, not because it's like difficult. Like I, I don't mean that saying like, it's like heavy. Yeah. It's just like, this is something I thought a lot about in writing. And when I wrote like those, not that many words, it's like, this is exactly what I'm thinking. And then when I try and take that apart, like I just create a mess. It's it's really hard. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad you tried because uh, I'm like uh, I I feel like I'm like way more interested now, <laughs> just like hearing you uh, break it down. And obviously, I, I know um, you, you could probably go on for like way longer about it. Um, but I I enjoyed that song. I, I think that was a great way to to end the record. And obviously, being the title track, I thought it was awesome. Um, and I like try to live my life. Uh, you know. Uh, I, I feel like I always just try to make sure that I'm like, you know, happy. I always try to maximize like my time throughout the day. So like I uh, try to do the things I want to do, but I, I always question like if this is even the right thing, because I'll get to like, you know, I'll, I'll set a goal, I'll get there. And then I just kind of look around and I'm like, all right, cool. Like what's next? Like, like I, I, I always wonder if I'll ever get to a point where I'm actually like fully happy. Cause like I get these things or I, I, you know, complete these goals where I think that will complete me and make me, you know, or put me where I want to be. But it's just like, always like I, I get there and it's just like, nope, that's not it. There's like more to do. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I just think, um, uh, you, you talk about desire and then thinking about life, it, it just gets really weird, you know? Cause, yeah. cause who knows, uh, it, it's different for everybody. Yeah. We, we all have our own perspective. So it, it definitely does get really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's not like my like original unique thought, mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it, it just like, it's something that like, that I thought a lot about going into this record. Um, it's something that like, it definitely has to do with, um, I don't know the point that I'm at in my life. Um, I don't think this is a record that I could have written five, 10 years ago. Um, and it's also like, it, I, I don't want it to come up as like preachy or as like some, uh, I don't know, like religious epiphany or something, you know, like this isn't like 
the cure to anything. Um, these are just my thoughts, you know, and it's like, it's kind of, it's not like difficult to balance that, but it's like the kind of like the questions are like, what does it mean become so difficult? Because like, I don't want it to come off as like me saying like, this is like the way to be mm-hmm. where at the same time I am trying to say like, this is what I think the song is about. Not even what I think the song is about. Like, this is what the song is about. Um, in like a, a convoluted, confusing, unsuccinct way. But um, yeah, it like, I don't know, the, the, the point that you're talking about with like reaching goals and, and wondering if they're right is, I, I think that there's like a lot to do with what I was coming, where I was coming from, you know, uh, to a certain extent, because it's like, I, I even just like the idea, like, is this right? I think is like, super complicated um because like you know i don't know the corniest thing i could say right now is what is right but that is like you know like the easiest way to to sum it up um and i think like just kind of like coming back to those questions um and i think a lot of it has to do with with uh just the way we're socialized in culture and like the values that um the, or not the values, like the things that we value in the society, um, in the world as a whole. And I think like sometimes like a goal driven, um, I don't know, like success driven, uh, like narrative is, is it, I, I think that can like complicate things in a way that it doesn't need to be complicated. I totally get that. And for me, I, and maybe it's some like weird, like irrational fear, but it's like, um, as far as I know, we only get one shot at this. So it's just, I'm always constantly questioning, you know, myself, even though it feels right. It, it, it seems to be, um, you know, working in the way that I hope things are. Um, you know, when I look at certain aspects of my life, like, uh, working towards this promotion, wanting to make, you know, more money uh, and then getting there. And then it's like, okay, this doesn't really feel any different than what I thought it would be like. And, it's just like, all right, cool. I, I, I and I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I hope this is like what I'm supposed to be doing. This is like the right, the right track, quote unquote. Uh, but it's like, all right, we'll figure it out. Cause uh, you can't really go back and change things right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. There's yeah. We're, we're getting like very heady things that like mm-hmm. I, I like to think about, but it's like hard to put, uh, succinctly. But yeah, it's, um, these things are complicated, you know, and it's, it's, uh, I think it's things worth thinking about because I don't know, growing up, I felt like the things that were, were like the things that people put importance on were like making money, supporting yourself and your family and all these things. And it's like, Mm -hmm. there, there has to be something more than that. And I'm not like speaking like spiritually or, or anything like that. It's just like, if the goal is to make the most money as possible and then to like pass that down to people, then I don't know. It just becomes like a game. And I don't think life is a game, you know, like I don't think it's something that you win or that you lose. I don't, I don't think there's any like that. None of that like exists in life. That's something that we created. And it's something that like, it's like people really put a lot of stock into that. And people like try so hard to win. And I just think that's like losing sight 
of, I don't know. I don't want to say what life's about because like, I don't, I don't think that like matters, but it's like, it's, I don't know. People just like, people put more importance on that than they do about caring about, um, I don't know, anything, other people. And I think that that is really dangerous. And I, I think a lot of these things that I think about were caused by like the current political situation, because I think a lot of that comes down the line from this selfishness that like, I think a lot of these um, like views kind of like just eventually lead towards because it's like, I don't know the, a lot of the, a lot of systemic problems from inequality to racism to like violence just leads from this uh, like weird sense of like protection of like the self, you know, which is just like stupid because like, we're just trying to cut everybody else down so that we can like, I don't know, have the most money, have the, like the biggest house, whatever. Like I, it's like, I don't know. I just don't think that's very productive. Yeah. It, it is strange when you think about, uh, yeah, you mentioned earlier, like the American dream and, uh, like, and you talk about money, which is just weird stuff that we put value into. Cause you think about stuff like, you know, Bitcoin, like cryptocurrency, how that stuff is on a crazy rise. Uh, but then you think about like, okay, like we're just on this one planet. And then you kind of think about space and that's where, that's where my head starts to hurt when I think about what's out there and all the things going on, like our planet, like, okay, like, like what really matters in this like whole grand scheme of things when we're in this um, universe and there's such things as like supermassive black holes, like, you know, where could those lead to? So it's, it's yeah, it, it, that's when my head starts spinning and when I start thinking about space and what's out there and what, what could be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think like that kind of perspective is helpful to put um, like uh, to like to come to terms with certain things because it's like, yeah, we, um, I don't know. This is something that I thought about um, and kind of like a reaction to something that, that uh, my brother Alex said in his interview on your podcast, it's like he was talking about like the importance of, of like living forever, not living forever. Like he was talking about like how great it is that music can live like beyond a person, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking specifically about like uh, the losses like that we had, last year um and how like being able to engage with i don't know power trip and iron age songs like helps us remember riley and wade like people who we loved and lost and like that's super great i've listened to a lot of power trip over the last year um and that's like been like a source of comfort for me but the thing is like i don't know at a certain point the sun is going to stop like producing heat. The sun is going to explode. This, and like without the sun, the earth can exist, right? Like mm-hmm. the daily functions of everything on the planet won't be able to continue. Um, and there's going to be a point then that means that like human life is just going to cease to exist. And like that used to scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I thought a lot about that and it was like, I thought a lot about it in terms of like what Alex said. And it's like, fuck, like I want to create something that like will live forever. And now I think about it and like, 
I'm not afraid. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm afraid of dying like everybody is. That's like ridiculous to say. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like, I'm not trying to live forever because it's like kind of pointless. Like everything has to end and that's totally fine. I miss the people that like have passed away so much. It fucking hurts me every day, you know? Um, but that's just what happens. That's like what it is. Like it's not meant to be permanent and that's okay. So what that means is like the time that we have together on earth in this physical place that is so, you know, temporary, like we have to try and and like make that mean something, not to like mean something in terms of like create something that's going to last forever, ensure like the future of the human race. It means like we just have to like help people feel loved, help ourselves, help ourselves feel loved, help like things exist in the way that they exist so that they can exist in this like temporary time in like as nice of a way as they can, you know? And that's what I've been thinking about. Um, and I, I think like a lot of that is in the record too, because it's like, I don't know. It's uh, it, these are like natural functions of life. And it's, it's not like, I don't want to get into the binary, like because there's life, like there has to be death. I think in some ways it can be just ever going. Um, but I don't know. It doesn't really matter because like I'm here the, the time I'm here for. And that's like what I'll know. And so like that is kind of, I don't know. There, there's like a lot of comfort in knowing that. I think um, at least I try to like, that's, that's what I tell myself. Well, Ned, this has been awesome. I seriously appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and talk about glitter from the start till now. Like it, it definitely means a lot to me. Uh, I, I want to say thank you, but before we sign off, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, seriously, thank you so much. Thank you for everybody for tuning in and we'll be back soon. <laughs>